Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on Saturday. Glad to be here. Um, took some time off last weekend. Took the kids uh, on a boat trip up to Cape Canaveral. Had lots of fun at Kennedy Space Center. Gave me a lot of great perspective. And I'm going to... Um, as always for this show, we're going to share with you the Armor Investing Way. It's a three-stage process, something I've been working on for over 30 years, okay? We build our whiteboard, fundamental ideas, that's the research we do. We use algorithms to execute when to add risk and take them off. We use stop losses to protect ourselves. It's that three-stage process that gets rid of all the noise out there and makes it easier to protect capital and capture upside. And it's never easy. Let me tell you an aside real quick before we jump in. We talk about our risk monitor, which is an algorithm. We use eight, actually seven different algorithms for the big indexes, and we look for confluence across the board, and that's what tells us when we're risk off or risk on. Just as a fun aside, um, it seems like every single time in my life, when I leave the desk for a couple days, the market craters. So I might add that to my list of information I share with Armor Insiders going forward, right? So this week I left the desk and Tuesday the market cratered. <laughs> it, just, it happens like that all the time over my 30 years. It's the strangest thing. I don't know why it is. Maybe it should be an indicator that um, is a premium product. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to share with you step-by-step. Step, we're going to break it down. We're going to go over the uh, risk monitor, talk about what the algorithms are, are telling us about execution, okay, and, and what could change next week that would get us to add or subtract risk. Then what we're going to do is highlight a particular group that seems to be um, separating itself from the market and then stocks inside that group that we find attractive. And of course, I'll get to the Q&A, which is, you know, maybe sometimes my favorite part of this conversation. I love chatting with you guys, seeing what you're thinking. So, um, feel free to load up the message board as we go with thoughts, and then we'll go over them at the end, step-by-step, uh, step, going over charts together. This is a personal journey that I'm sharing with you, okay? So don't forget, the information I'm sharing is what I do personally. You've got to decide for yourself what your risk tolerance is, what your goals are. You've got to make your own decisions when it comes to investing, okay? So I'm sharing with you what I do. Sometimes um, my process and how aggressive or conservative I'm going to be isn't going to fit your thought process. That's okay. The Armour Report's a guide, a basic guide. Here is the fundamental approach that we're following. That's our whiteboard. Here's the risk monitor to help you decide when to put capital to work. And then here's the stop losses of how to protect it. And that's what I share with you, okay? So um, before I hop in, don't forget, you can always subscribe right down here to the Armour Report, Okay. Um, you can also subscribe to a free version of the Armour Report, right? I send out emails periodically during the week uh, sharing information with everybody. So here it is. You can click on that button right up here, okay? Um, and, um, and we'll include you in our email list. Obviously, if you want to hit the like button, that's great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And info at thearmorreport.com. If you have a question for us, you can always email us, all right? Okay, so let's hop in. Um, couple of comments first before I, uh, before I 
you know, dive into each segment. I just want to share with you basic thought off the top of my head. First of all, the risk monitor has been read since September 10th, okay? So real quick look at where we are um, in our risk monitor's approach. This is the S&P that you're looking at. So you can see that the long-term uptrend has been broken, okay? This is the 10th. This day right here is the day we got, um, for all intents and purposes, uh, read the market, right? So right there, and we'll make that maybe um, our fill color, we'll make it yellow, let's say, all right? That was the bar where our algorithms, the risk monitor, said it's time to raise cash and be max defensive. Let me tell you how we can use this as an investor. Let's break it down into three types of investors, conservative, moderate, aggressive. A conservative investor, when you see risk monitor red, you go to your max cash position, whatever that means to you. 25% cash, 50% cash, 100% cash. I don't know. That's up to you. But as a conservative investor, risk monitor red, when we have that and we share that with Armor Insiders, our subscribers, we say, okay, today's the day, risk monitor red. That's the day to protect your capital in any way that you wish to the maximum degree. A moderate investor will protect capital, but to a less of a degree. And then a more aggressive investor might keep putting money to work, but raise all their stops, right, and take smaller position sizes. So there's different ways to use the information. You have to determine how to do that. So we're risk monitor red on the 10th, and the market's been straight down ever since. The Investor's Business Daily, I don't read the Wall Street Journal, I think it's a rag, but I think the Investor's Business Daily is a great paper, a lot of great information, okay, and really the kind of the cornerstone of, of all the armor research and approach. It begins with the O'Neill style of investing. So their risk monitor went red this week, okay, so it's a little bit late, but they were red as well. So I'm sharing this with you because I want to just give you a little editorial for a second. Um, market could rally next week. There could be a couple up days in there. It happens. Okay, market could give another head fake and try to rally for a couple days. But the big picture is we step back for a minute. And it was real nice to be away for five days because it really helped me get my own perspective, right? Step back and see what's going on, not be involved in every tiny little trade. The bottom line that I want you to remember and never forget, the market goes up when the Fed's adding liquidity. The market goes down when the Fed's reducing liquidity. Period. Full stop. This is so essential for you guys to remember and understand. Now, it doesn't mean that it has to go straight down, right? The Fed could, when the Fed's reducing, it's just like on the way up, we had corrections, market would sell off and then rip higher again. So when the Fed's reducing liquidity, you can have a counter trend rally. But the big picture is, if the Fed reduces liquidity, the market goes lower, period. The road is littered with people who argue with that theory, littered. They're carried off the trading floor every single cycle. Okay? My concern, 
sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm the only adult in the room. You guys are too. We're all sharing this together. But my concern is that people have made a lot of money in an unbelievable bull market. And they think they're smart. They think they made a lot of money because they're smart. And I made a lot of money too. Okay. But I don't for a second think to myself, I made a lot of money because I'm just brilliant. I realize I made a lot of money because the Fed added liquidity at a rate never before seen in history. Okay? And if the Fed simply levels off the amount of liquidity, just levels it off, markets can't go higher. Markets probably go lower. And if the Fed actually reduces liquidity, I know they said they're going to taper, which is reducing liquidity. If they actually do that, markets going lower. It won't matter how great my research is. If the Fed reduces liquidity, the risk monitor will be key to protecting our capital. Stock losses will be key to protecting our capital. We might try some investments here or there. We might try to be a salmon going upstream. We can try it. And we're going to go over in a minute a particular group that's outperforming the market that looks very attractive to me. So I might put some capital to work there. But we have to remember the market we're entering. The Fed says they're going to taper. Now, here's the other last thought before we get into the fun stuff and start looking at charts. The Fed, this is the most important piece of information off of the Fed meeting that we just had. The most important, in my personal opinion. Okay, watched the whole Q&A, watched everything. There was one question that mattered to me and one answer from Chairman Powell that reiterated, that's the right word, why the armor algos were risk monitor red before the Fed meeting. What happened was, question was, are we now data dependent? Are we looking at the next non-farm payroll number? And if it's strong, the Fed tapers, weak, the Fed doesn't taper. And Chairman Powell said, and I'm paraphrasing here, we're not data dependent. We are going to taper. We don't need some blowout non-farm payroll number to taper. Now, this is what the man said. Okay, the caveat to the conversation I'm having with you right now is, hey, man, he can come out next week and say, we've decided not to taper. Okay, great. Let's put money to work. Okay, but if we take him at his word, the Fed's tapering could start as early as October, going to go into the first quarter of next year to taper. Doesn't matter what the, 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 the economic numbers are. And subsequent to that comment, I read comments from the chairman, subsequent, that he's starting to get concerned with inflation. Now, we haven't heard that in a while, right? We always hear him saying inflation is transitory, inflation is transitory. Okay, all of a sudden, if you're reading the comments from Fed chairman and other, you know, vice chairman and whatnot, they're, they're starting to get concerned that inflation is not transitory. Okay? This will be a very difficult market to make money in on the long side unless we change 
the way we put capital to work. So what does it mean to me? In a market where the Fed is reducing liquidity, a conservative investor may just put aside a certain amount of cash and carry that cash and then put capital to work to a smaller degree if you want to keep trying to do that. I, I find personally, I don't always feel like I have to be invested. I had a big run and then I had a year or six month period where I'm kind of not going anywhere or three month period where I'm struggling a bit. And I said, okay, you know what? I had a great run. I'm going to go back to cash here. I'm going to take a break. I, I mean, the Fed's reducing liquidity. I don't have to be there. This, this is not a, we have a choice of how we put money to work. This is not a race against the guy sitting next to me. This is a fight for survival of my assets. I'm investing my assets to make more money, to enjoy those assets. If I don't have an environment that's conducive to that, I, okay, I'll hold cash. I'll hold the dividend-paying assets at Baymax if I can find ones that make sense. And if I want to be more aggressive, if I want to be a moderate or aggressive investor and I want to keep taking shots, okay, then it changes the way I take shots. And I go from looking for longer-term um, trends to swing trading. Right now is the time to swing trade. Get a trade on stock pops, book a profit. Look for another trade. Get a trade on stock pop, book a profit. If we go into a taper market, if we go into a Fed li reducing liquidity market, we have to lower our expectations of gains, raise our stops aggressively to protect capital. And I hope for all of you who are Armor Insiders and Armor, uh, um, uh, Armor Report viewers on YouTube and have joined me for a long time, I don't want you guys to be part of that sad throng of investors, right, that made a lot of money in a big up market and, and think they can continue to execute that way even as the Fed reduces liquidity. Because those people, you're going to wave to them on their long walk back to the middle. Okay, I don't want you in that list. I don't want, I don't want to see you walking with that throng. Okay, a lot of people, they're going to lose all the money they made in the bull market and probably more fighting the Fed. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so those are my editorial thoughts for today. There'll be shots we can take, but we have to address how we take them. And at the end of the day, there's this real battle going on in my mind. On the one hand, 7 out of 10 stocks follow the market. So if the market's going down, why do I have to fight that? I'll just wait till I get the next risk on green signal and put money to work. Okay? But you can also argue that, hey, there's a bull market somewhere. Something's always breaking out. So maybe we can find that group. And we're going to talk about that group in a minute, that there may be one that's occurring. And so I have to really, I always find myself on the side of probabilities and statistics. And so I hate going against a, a, a Fed. I, I don't, I, I find at the end of the day, if the sell-off gets aggressive enough, everything goes down. So it doesn't matter. There might be a great looking group right now and if the sell-off accelerates next week, that group will get destroyed. So I'm going to share a group with you. I'm going to share some stocks with you. But please be advised. If you're not an Armour Insider and you're not sharing information with us every day in our Slack room, we have a morning meeting every morning. We have an in-game update in the afternoons when they're applicable. 
We're sharing information all day in the Slack room with Armor Insiders, subscribers. Um, if you're not a subscriber and you're just watching this once a week and I share this group with you and the group's getting destroyed next week, you better believe we're not in it. Okay? We use stop losses. And in a downward trending market, it's even more important. I might take a shot and I'll be out the very next day if I'm not getting paid. And if I get paid for a couple of weeks, I'm not looking for something huge. I'm going to book that profit. Okay, let's go take a look at the group that, um, the group that I'm talking about. So first of all, here's the market indexes real quick. I like to always get us um, acclimated, right? So here's the long-term uptrend in the S&P that the Fed created because of massive liquidity. And that trend is clearly broken, and the risk monitor got us out, quite frankly, right near the top. Okay? We don't know what the market has in store for us next week. Could it be a double bottom here? It's possible. Okay? It's possible. On our trading desk, what we like to do is, and I'm just going to share with you this screen here. So for Armor Insiders, part of the Armor Insider Pro Live Trading Desk, we're, we're live um, during the day sharing a, our trading philosophy and process. So this is the S&P, and we talked about this trade on Friday. What we love to do is what I call the alpha capture trade. This is a three-minute chart. Each bar is three minutes. Okay, we have algos that paint, you know, basically paint bar studies. They're basic little simple algorithms. All right, and when certain things occur, and we get that, in this case, a yellow bar right here off a double bottom, right at a key location for us, which is the armor average true range low of the day, we share in the room that this is the first trade of the day. This is the first entry point. If you want to be aggressive, that's where you put capital to work with a new low on the day as your stop. So the risk is limited and the reward ended up being huge. Okay. Those are alpha capture trades. So another thing I wanted to share with you, when I have a lot of cash in the portfolio and risk monitors read, index day trading is my favorite thing to do. I don't care about any other day trades. I'm looking for index day trades, and I want to trade them big. We'll use the index um, ETFs that are triple the ETFs, and we can have sizable gains, right? I might put 25% of my portfolio in the S&P triples, right? I got 75% exposure to the S&P. At the right entry point, market snaps back. We just captured alpha. So I've got a lot of cash, and the market's down in the morning. There's alpha there, right? So if we get a risk on entry point, you put capital to work. What's the risk? I take a little bit of a loss. If it makes a new low in the day, so what? But if the market rips higher, I just captured alpha. That's my favorite trade of the day, and we're looking to do that every morning with this risk monitor red. Okay? Right back here, we did this right here. It didn't happen in the morning, but we had a double bottom setup. And again, you can see this yellow paint bar study right here is where we took that trade. There was one here. But the structure was a double bottom over an hour-long period from that green dot, which is a big volume bar, which, as you can see, stopped at a key uh, gamma location, that purple dash, right? So the gamma location stopped, tested it, made a double bottom. Those yellow bars we bought, market went right back up to uh, the VWAP. Okay, so those are the types of trades that we highlight on the Armor Pro Live Trading Desk every day when we find them. Um, uh, when it's risk monitor red. When it goes risk monitor green, we try to start trading individual stocks more. We look for gamma squeezes because the market doesn't have such volatility, so we go to individual stocks where the volatility is, right? Anyway, 
So getting back to our um, discussion on the group that looks the best right now has to be energy. We can't argue with energy. Something's going on in the energy space. This is the big cap energy stocks. They just blew out off of that beautiful base right here. And if you want to get an idea of what that is, that's CVX, right? This is like a name like um, um, Chevron, right? Double bottom right at the $100 level, right, right below the, all the moving averages and pops up. Chevron looks great as a 5% yield, okay? So when I see – oh, before I go, let's take a, um, take a look here at XOP, right? So these are the smaller cap, mid cap exploration production companies. They've blown out from this base here. And those types of stocks are like PXD, Pioneer Natural Resources blowing out, right? Um, EOG. So they came right down, found support, and they're blowing out. So if this was a risk monitor green signal, I'd be going after these individual exploration production companies. Um, in a risk monitor red, personally, personally, um, and there's nothing wrong with swing trading these names. They look great. Maybe I should. But what I really love for my conservative money are the pipeline stocks. Now, I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks with you guys. And so it's, they're, they're really starting to develop. My favorite four, you can grab a pen, a piece of paper, you can write this down, is Kinder Morgan, and what I look for, quite frankly, I don't want to own the pipelines that have K-1s. So I look for corporations, not limited partnerships. And I'll take a less of a yield. It doesn't matter to me. It's just more comfortable there, okay? And in some cases, I don't have a less of a yield. They're the same yield. So Kinder Morgan, okay, and here's another reason why I'm more comfortable with um, uh, corporations. Institutions can't buy limited partnerships. So I always like to invest where I feel institutions are going. Those are the elephants, you know, on the Serengeti plane, and I'm the cheetah, right? So I want to get right in front of them as they start stampeding. That's my idea. And so they can't stampede into limited partnerships. But when they stampede, they're going to come right into Kinder Morgan. They love Kinder Morgan. Okay, double bottom right here. Sweet yield on Kinder Morgan. Enbridge, always a leader. Williams. Stock looks great. These are all fat dividends. And then One Oak. Those are the four favorites for me. I could see all four of those in a portfolio. You know, if we weren't risk monitor red, they'd be in the portfolio already for me. Truth be told, I have a separate dividend portfolio that I have set up, okay, where all I do is collect yield. So I have some of my capital over here, and it just collects yield. And that portfolio is loaded with energy stock. All four of these, so full disclosure, I already own these. Okay, I'm obviously not trying to get you guys to buy them for that reason. They're going to go up no matter what. Okay, I'm collecting a yield, and I've owned these stocks for months now. Okay, and I go through the up and downs, and I just collect my yield there. But I'm looking to add these names to armor portfolios because I think they're just now about to start moving, and I'm going to collect that yield, and that could be a perfect type of antidote to the market that we're in. And I say that because something's happening with energy, something's happening with inflation. Now, you know, gold and silver I always talk about. I can't own them. They look like just, they're just terrible looking stocks. The whole group looks awful. I'm not going to own them. 
But if there's inflation, you're going to see energy inflation. And that's what this is showing us. We get energy inflation. These pipelines are going to be money good. We're just going to collect that dividend, and the principle is going to go like this. I've been in these cycles before with the pipelines, and, and it's just a joy to watch. I mean, I've gone through cycles where I've seen my principal up 50 to 100% over a two, three-year period and collected massive yield. <laughs> it's sick. It's more fun than owning a utility for sure. So if you get that set up right and they start to levitate, oh, man, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, investment plays. So I highlight that today for you guys to do your own research, your own work. Go do, find the stocks that you like. Okay, take a peek. That's my favorite group. Um, for a more aggressive trader, I do think we have to spend some time talking about the uranium stocks. Okay, so the first move on uranium off this low right here was a wicked move. Bang, right? And then an immediate pullback to the 50-day moving average. So you had all you have more than a two-thirds pullback of that move. Okay. Again, if the risk monitor was green or yellow, I'd already be in you know, on these names, probably probably right here. Okay. On that reversal day, which was Thursday. Friday was a pretty good day too. Down in the morning, closed higher at the end of the day. Depending on how the market behaves. Part of me looks at CCJ and says, well, it's going up and closing that gap. So that's not really an entry point. Ideally, I'd like to see a double bottom on the 50. That, that's my ideal. Rips higher, pulls back, double bottom at the 50, then we get long. If you want to be an aggressive trader, you put a trade on here with a low of Friday as your stop. I mean a tight stop. But I can see that as a reasonable investment opportunity with energy breaking out. And then look at De Denison. Love that idea. Same thing. Low of Friday would be this. I wouldn't wait for a low of Thursday. Okay? Any new positions that I put on are going to carry the low of the day I'm buying them. And so if I buy tomorrow, uh, Monday morning, what I'm really considering is the low of Friday is the low of the day I bought, right? Because I could have bought at a close or I could buy first thing Monday morning. So these names are going to be at the top of my list to get a day trade on Monday morning. And if I'm making money in them, stay with them. If they're not, not staying with them. Looking for the double bottom, then I'll try them again. Are we clear? That's the trade for me. Okay? Take a look at NXE. Right, I'm trying to find names where I'm more comfortable with where they own property. Um, preferably uh, uranium deposits somewhere in North America versus... Um, somewhere in Kazakhstan, okay? Um, so these are some of the names that I like. That's a perfect setup. Rip higher, pull back to test of 50. Clearly the stop, I mean, the stop is clearly the lower Friday to me. Now, the, is with risk monitor red, I wait till Monday morning because the market ripped higher on Friday. That's just a typical bounce to me at the end of a very nasty week. And I want to see what happens Monday morning. Market continues lower on risk monitor red. I'm not going to put these trades on, right? But if something else is developing, these are at the top of my list, along with my pipelines. 
that's the group I'm focused on. All right? So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed those thoughts. I hope you find them helpful. I'm more than welcome now to, um, you know, jump into some Q&A and, and go over a bunch of charts together. So um, should we get to Q&A or should I highlight a couple of my favorite chart patterns? Why don't we do that first? If you're on my whiteboard, these are stocks to watch. It doesn't mean I'm buying them, but they're stocks to watch that I think are showing relative strength. My favorite thing to do in a bear market correction or whatever you want to call it, okay, is to run a screen. I use the William O'Neill market smith um, uh, as my um, research tool. And I like to run a screen that I created that shows me new highs and relative strength before the price in the stock because price follows relative strength. So if I see relative strength break out and stock price hasn't yet, that could be a great uh, uh, entry point. Um, so in a big down market, you can get relative strengths breaking out because the stock's going sideways. And that's my favorite setup. So anyway, here's a couple of names off the list that I have um, uh, um, on my whiteboard. First of all, I keep looking at AMD. I just like this setup a lot. Okay, so this is on my whiteboard. If it holds the 50 there, it's made a little double bottom in here. That looks really good to me. Um, you can't argue with the, the strength at AVGO. You know, it's just a steady uptrend. I don't love that chart pattern, and if it goes any lower, let's say, than 200-day, it'll come off my list. But it's still on the list for now. I'm really impressed with uh, apps. Market's getting wrecked, and uh, apps looks like that. Apps is really compelling to me. Let's go over the fact for a second that small caps are leading right now in the sense that they're having relative strength. They're not going down as much as the big cap indexes. Somebody was asking me why that is, why is small caps? Small caps as a percentage of the IWM, small cap energy and small cap banks are a large percentage of the small cap index. And energy and banks look pretty good. It doesn't mean I want to run out there and buy energy and banks, okay? Because in a market that's going down, energy and banks will go down too. Like the last, the last, you know, bastions of strength will get dragged down. So I'm not going to run out there and buy small cap banks just because the Fed says they're going to taper and rates are going to go up. But that's why banks are going up. That doesn't interest me at all. I can see, I can see energy as an investment theme. That interests me. But trading wiggles and in interest rates and what the Fed may or may not do doesn't interest me. But anyway, that's why the small cap index looks better than uh, the big cap brethren uh, over the last couple of weeks because they're chock full of small cap banks and small cap uh, uh, energy companies. Okay. Uh, but anyway, apps, I'm just really impressed by apps. I got I to gotta keep that on the top of my list. Um, here's a big cap name I'm, I think is performing incredibly well. Right, NASDAQ 100 is breaking down, and, and Salesforce continues to look like that. That's that's impressive, and right behind that's Netflix. Maybe even should be right ahead of it, Netflix. I mean, Netflix. I can't believe that's up here. Maybe that's because you can start watching Seinfeld on Netflix now, and maybe that thing will die right here. The October 1st was the day Seinfeld went live on Netflix. But anyway, it's at the top of my list to watch. I think. Um, Penn National Gaming had a great close of the week. That's, that's putting it in a real nice pattern. And I like, the, you know, this is a, that along with MGM looks real compelling to me. 
right? So of course you got to follow it up with DraftKings. That looks the worst, but um, the other two look real compelling to me. And then don't forget Boy Gaming. So you got some nice movement going on in the gaming space, which is a bit of the economy reopen. So there are pockets of strength out there, and I'll end with that. I'll end with that. There's pockets of strength out there. But um, risk model in the red keeps me from putting a lot of money to work. So if I were to play any of those names, they're going to be short, short leash on all of them. I don't mean I'm going to go short. If I buy those stocks, I'll have a tight leash, right? My stops will be very tight. And when things pop, I'll be booking maybe 50% of my gain immediately, raising my stop again. That's the market we're in. Let's go to your Q&A. What do we got here? We got a howdy. Hey, how are you doing, my friend? Nice to see you. That's good. Um, do you think the goal to make a double bottom? Please add me Insider's live video during the week. I'm, Mo, I'd be happy to add you there. I just you're going to have to subscribe for it, right? So let's make. I'm not sure I've seen that come through. All right, but as soon as it does, you know you'll be added. Okay. Um, taking a look at uh, gold. There's the double bottom in gold, okay, that you're referring to. And it's possible, but the problem for me is um, the mining stocks usually lead the metal. What are the mining stocks doing? Now, you could tell me this time is different, that metal is going to lead mining stocks. But I'm just telling you from trading these things for, I don't know, a couple decades, that the, the, the miners lead the metal. The miners are breaking down. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Also, you, you know, silver tends to, I wouldn't say it leads gold, but you need to see silver doing something better than that. I mean, I just, I just can't get myself to touch this space right now. Uh, there's, I mean, I see that double bottom. And if somebody was a real gold bug, I can get, I can get why you'd put money into the gold space. But for, for me, the only thing I would do would be to buy Sprott Physical Gold, P-H-Y-S. This would be the only thing I would buy at this moment. And I would use these lows in here as the, you know, as the stop, right? If it took, took out these lows, I'd have to get out again. But I don't see anything that's attractive. Hey, I was, <laughs> you were born in 71, yeah. Um, so, uh, nice to have you, right? We're legends. <laughs> My wife got me that shirt. I love it. All right. Um, next question. Yeah, CVX and apps look great. What else do you have for me? I'm quoting over <laughs> brokers blocked buy orders. Huh. Um, JYH, I don't, that may or may not have added to to weakness. I mean, maybe it did, but um, 
the risk monitor was read on the 10th of September, and it's been straight down ever since with a couple of huge updates and then immediate new lows. So I don't necessarily look for what is one particular reason of weakness on a particular day. I'm looking at the bigger picture. Fed reducing liquidity, risk monitor read on the 10th, market going lower since then. That's the whole picture for me. But that's interesting information. Thanks for sharing it. Um, SBNY, I, you know I like this idea, Saber, because it's got that um, crypto kicker, and the chart looks great. Now, I've been shaken out of it on that gap down right there. So when risk monitor goes red, I went to cash. But the small cap banks are breaking out, and this one in particular is attractive because of its access and, and focus on uh, crypto. So I do love that idea, and I'd love to get back into it myself. Boeing. Boeing. I don't know, man. Boeing just doesn't do anything for me. It just doesn't do anything for me. The chart doesn't do anything for me. There's no fundamental story that attracts me. They keep having problems with airplanes. I just, I can't, I can't get there. If you want a big cap Dow stock that looks interesting, I think it's IBM and quantum computing and blockchain and a turnaround story that's starting to work. Actually, i got to put IBM at the top of my list. But that dividend, that's, that's got to be at the top of my list. Me, where's my pen and piece of paper? i got to get my pen and piece of paper out. IBM. Things I'm looking to trade Monday morning. IBM, CCJ, NXE, DNN, KMI, OKE, whoops, um, WMB, and um, what am I missing? ENB. That's my list right now. I'm considering buying DBC. Oh, DBC. Robert, nice to see you, Robert. Appreciate your uh, interaction on Twitter. Um, you all can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Brett Rosenthal. Um, commodity tracking index. That's a good idea. Hmm. Good commodities go. This is what's so frustrating, Mo, about gold and silver. I mean, how could commodities be breaking out and gold and silver look so bad? I mean, at some point, it's got to recover gold and silver. So they're always going to be on my list to watch. I just, there's no reason for me to buy the metals right now. This looks really compelling. I mean, there's your uptrend, and obviously energy must be leading that charge. So, I mean, I, I think you're probably on to something. I, I, I am uh, very strict in how I buy something from my own personal account. And so, in the armor investing way, and what I'm sharing with you, um, Robert. So, when it comes to enter, entering a position, to me, this is too far away now, so I need weakness. I like to buy weakness. I don't like to chase things. Um, and I look at it from a standpoint of uh, risk to reward. Where's my stop? Where's my stop is what I look at first before I buy anything. So if I buy it here, my favorite stop is the low of the day I bought it. If I buy it right, the low of the day I'm buying should be my stop. If I used LODB here, it wouldn't be fair to this, to this investment because it could easily go below the low of Friday. Um, uh, and really, it's the 50-day moving average that should be the stop. So I need to catch something on a downdraft. I mean, 
we've seen these things run up, and what I need to see is have them pull back and then buy weakness. So I'm going to put these commodities, I'm going to put these energies, but let's take the DBC just to give you an idea where my head is. I'm not going to chase that chart, but I can see myself buying KMI. You see how tight that is to the base? So I want to try to catch things tight to the base, and that's why I highlighted that group because they haven't run away from me yet. So it's not that you can't make money on DBC. Please don't, don't take that from this conversation. You could buy that here and think of skyrocket. Well done. But from an armor investing way, which is what I share, I try to pick up stocks as close to the stop as possible. So if I was to buy this name, let's say we've been talking a couple weeks ago, I'd want to buy it right in here. That was the entry point to me. And the LODV would have held. It never went back below the 50, and I'd be in an uptrend. Look, that's my thought there. I hope, I hope you understand that. I like the idea. I like the, the, the commodity trade. Uh, I'm looking for stocks tight to basis. WIMI. Oh, boy. Um, no comment there on that. My, my comments on some of these small, small cap names and, and I don't know everything about these names, right? So first of all, I don't, I don't have any fundamental information for you on that, okay? So just sharing the armor investing way with you. This is a Chinese provider of innovative blah, blah, blah. I just stopped listening right there after Chinese provider, okay? The armor report will never, has never, will never buy a Chinese stock ever. If you want to day trade it, have at it. I will never hold them overnight. And and I've been saying this for months, and I got a lot of pushback for a while, and now I don't get any pushback because I think you all see what I've been saying. The Chinese government changes the rules while I'm sleeping. Then I wake up and find out that a particular business is no longer viable based on what the CCP has decided. So there's no possible way I can make an investment in a Chinese company with the regime that's taken over. I just can't do it. The risk is like this, and I can't figure out what the reward is. I, and I can't figure out the risk. Forget it. I won't touch them. You know, that's my personal opinion. I hope you make a lot of money on that idea if you invest in it. I hope it goes up a lot. But I, I just won't touch Chinese stocks, okay? And I, I'm not going to go on that tirade again. You guys have been watching this show long enough. You know, you know that I just, you know, I've avoided tons of wreckage over there. I, I hope I've helped you guys avoid some of it as well. Um, all right, this is a... Um, Cloud-based business software, uh, uh, looks like an interesting-looking chart pattern. All right, here's the only thing about some of the names you're throwing out uh, to me right now. Okay, this is my thought for you. EZGO, let's take a look at that real quick. EZGO. There's another Chinese provider. I got no interest, right? No interest. Okay, so... Um, this is the best-looking pattern right there. The, v, the, VER, the VERB is the best-looking pattern, and you know they're not Chinese, so you know maybe there's something to do there. But um, my thought for you, Rasmataz, is um, I love that handle. Is um, risk monitor red will keep me out of micro-cap investments because if the selling gets aggressive, there won't be bids for these stocks. They're going to get destroyed, and I'm trading a large amount of capital. So when I put capital to work, I need liquidity. Institutions need liquidity. One of the 
primary tenets of the armor investing way from a fundamental standpoint. I have seven rules that I follow when I add something to my whiteboard. Armor Insiders, you can go to the um, our Slack room under the uh, channel Armor Education, and I've posted for you, and it's pinned at the top. What are the seven rules that we that we need to see before we add a name to the whiteboard? And one of those seven is institutional support. Institutions can't buy stocks like this. So while they might be fun to day trade, they're not investments for me. Because institutions piling into an asset is what drives that asset up a lot over a long period of time. And that's what I'm trying to fill my portfolio up with. So those are my thoughts there. Um, Rick. Um, able to access the insider's playlist. Huh. Rick, I'll uh, look into that for you. <clears throat> Send me an email, info at uh, armorreport.com, of the email address you want me to make sure is on our free email list, and I'll take care of that this weekend, and you'll start getting them on Monday. Okay? Anybody who wants to um, be part of our um, our free email list. There it is. Ar- info at Armor Report, A-R-M-R-R-E-P-O-R-T dot com. Send me your email address in case there's something wrong with um, our MailChimp app. Maybe it's not working right. I don't know. Sometimes that happens. I'll fix it. But in the meantime, just send it directly to info at the Armor dot com. We'll see it and we'll make sure that you're part of that uh, free email list. So thanks for that heads up. Um, insider playlist on YouTube. Rick, just send me some emails and we'll, we can chat. Give me a call and we'll, we'll figure it out together, okay? Um, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, um, Jersey Devil, man, thank you. I'm a little disappointed right now since the uh, in the preseason, it looks like the Devils beat the Rangers 4-1 the other night. But the um, season hasn't started yet. We're coming for you. <laughs> All right, ATOM. What do we got here? Enhanced CMOS. Interesting looking pattern. I don't know anything about this company, so I can't, again, I don't have any insight from a fundamental standpoint. Technically speaking, it, it could be an interesting idea to put on the list. So let me take a, let me take a shot at it, and we'll talk about it um, in the Slack room this week and, and, and uh, certainly next weekend. Um, we'll go over it again. So something to, something to work on. I just put that on my list to do some research on. Lena, hey, how you doing, Lena? Google. Oops. Well, Google's finally coming down off of its highs, right? Let's be honest. It's part of the reason why the market gave us a risk-off signal on the 10th, which is right here. We're not right there. Um, down below the 50. Google, Microsoft, 
right? They have the same chart patterns. I don't, you know, I don't have anything to add right now with Google. I, that's not a chart pattern that attracts me at all. So I can't, um, I can't say I'd be a buyer of that right here. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm going to go back and pull that out again. I'll, I'll do some work on it, uh, Jersey. Okay, guys, listen, this has been uh, fun as always. I'm going to cut it. Um, I'm going to cut it there. I'm going to go grab some R&R and get myself ready for Monday morning. 8.30 Armor Insiders will be on the morning call. Thank you all for joining me. Um, one more question popped up. Hedging against inflation. You mean by owning commodity stocks, by owning gold, that would be a hedge against inflation? Um, you, you'd think so. You'd think there'd be a reason to, to, to hedge against inflation, but I don't know exactly what you're referring to, like what your hedge would be. Um, so... You know, I'm, I'm not really worried about hyperinflation, though. I'm, you know, the Fed's going to reduce liquidity. They're going to start tapering, you know. I think they'll get that under control. I think a lot of the inflation does have to do with um, commodity price, prices and, and um, shortages. You know, when those shortages ease up, you know, prices will come back down a bit. I don't know. It's tricky. Um so I've got to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, I like Crypto Stock Saber, you know, to a certain extent. And SI um, looks you know, phenomenal. This is one of my favorite names, right? I don't own it right now because I don't, you know, I'm not owning. And this is like a bank stock, too, don't forget. So SBNY and SI have been in Armour portfolios before, and I, I don't own them right now. So, look, I don't worry about things getting away from me. If they, you know, if they break out, I find something else. So I use the armor algos to, to, to direct my risk. There's a favorite name of mine that runs away. I'll get it on a pullback. I'll get it on weakness, but it certainly looks good in here. There's no doubt about it. That and SBNY are two of my favorite crypto plays. They're banks that cater to crypto, right? Um, I want to look at Bitcoin. We'll just look at Grayscale real quick. You know, it, look, it could it could break out in here. There's no doubt. You know, there's no doubt. But I don't see. You know, there was this. Um, let's go back and look at. Um, yeah, a second. So where's March of last, last February and March? February to March. So from February to March, as the market was imploding, um, Bitcoin went down with the market, right? So I know some people think that Bitcoin goes up when the market goes down. That's not really the case. Bitcoin marches to the beat of its own drum. When the market cratered, Bitcoin went down with the market, right? 
Bitcoin was, was at 13 and it dropped, you know, to five. It got destroyed. Okay. So if the market implodes, if the risk monitor red turns into a full on bear market, you know, mark my words, cryptocurrencies are not going up a lot. People aren't going to hide in cryptocurrencies. If the stock market's imploding and the Fed's tapering, let's just say that happens. I don't see cryptocurrencies as a place to hide because in that environment, Bitcoin goes from, you know, 50,000 to 100,000. Like, you know, unless you want to argue with me that there's massive hyperinflation and everyone's hiding. I, I mean, I guess you could get to that argument. But I'm just saying, looking back at history, um, when risk assets decline dramatically, crypto is a risk asset and it declines with it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this thought. This is so important to me. I'm, gonna, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm going to end on this thought, okay? People look at this Bitcoin chart, okay, and they see this massive run up here. Um, and it's true about cryptocurrencies in general, and it's true about some stocks, mm -hmm. stock market. People who've made a lot of money, I started with this conversation, I'm going to end it here. People made a lot of money in cryptocurrency, let's say, during a time where the Fed was adding massive amounts of liquidity, doesn't all of a sudden make them gurus on cryptocurrency. You see what I'm saying? Like, there were a lot of people who loved cryptocurrency because they thought it was a fun thing and they were putting money in cryptocurrency, right? And then along came a Fed who added massive amounts of liquidity and cryptos exploded higher. And now those people are tweeting as if they're some type of crypto guru. There's nothing guru about it. The Fed added massive amounts of liquidity. And risk assets went berserk. Now, if we go into a cycle where risk assets are getting whacked and the Fed's reducing liquidity and crypto goes to the moon and somebody's on that trade, then I'm going to call them a guru. I'm going to say, well done, man. Well done, because you proved that this asset has a mind of its own. It's not just a risk asset, right? Right now, the cycles that we've seen, to me, is that there was an obscene amount of liquidity and people were chasing all kinds of, of, of products, anything they could get their hands on to make a quick buck. And they all piled in with Wall Street bets or whatever, to a whole bunch of types of ideas, okay? That won't fly, in my opinion. That won't fly in a market where the Fed's reducing liquidity. And so then we'll see what we really have in crypto. What do we really have in crypto? Do they perform as a hedge against inflation? That will be an interesting question, and I can't wait to see how it's resolved. And I may be part of it. I might get on that bus. I might. Maybe I want to own energy, and I want to own some gold, and I throw in there some cryptos. Maybe. Maybe that's a great way to hedge against inflation. I don't know. Let's keep talking about it. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same station. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks for joining as always. Take care, everybody.